It's great to be in the Lord's house. And I just want to share with you something. We have two cards. One of them, it says, what are you doing this weekend? And then the other one says, this could change your life forever. And on the back of them is this little code that you can put up to your phone and it takes you to our website. And we just want you, if you would like, to be able to take some of these to your friends, your family, your neighborhood, and just hand those out. And we just want to sow seeds wherever we go. Right? That's what we want to do. So those are out in the South Fourier and the North Fourier, and you can you can take those. Um, I want to say it's good to see Brother Mark Brantley here. It's good to see you, sir. Love you and glad to have you home. Thank you. Well, I thought that I was going to speak on one thing, and then right here at the last minute, I've, I've changed. I've kind of switched gears. So here's what I want you to know about what I'm fixing to speak on. I want you to know a number of things. Number one, I know there's a lot of theology out there. There's a lot of different beliefs. There's over 2,800 different religions. And each and every one of them feel like they are right. So before I present what I'd like to say this morning, I want to tell you that I'm not here to, I'm not here to fight. I'm not here to cross swords. I'm not here to do anything other than just present the way I see this word. I want you to hear what I'm about to tell you. You do not have to believe like me. You don't hear most preachers say that, but I'm telling you now, you don't have to believe like me, but you do have to line up to this word. I may see it a little different than what you see it, but we're all going to give an account for the word of the Lord and what we know. So this morning, I'm going to just share with you what's on my spirit. Is that okay? Today is Pentecost Sunday. And so I'm just going to talk about what is Pentecost. That's what I'm going to talk about. Now, if you don't agree with me, I'm not going to be upset. I'm just going to share with you the way I see it in God's word. And all that I ask is for you just to stay open and to keep an open mind. Would you do that? God bless you. You can be seated. Well, to explain what Pentecost is, I have to go all the way back to the Old Testament, which is going to be in Leviticus chapter 23. There were seven feasts and festivals in the Old Testament. All of them had their own importance. But the most important festival was known as Passover. And Passover was to commemorate and to worship the God that was able to bring his people, which were slaves, out of bondage and into the promised land. So the Passover was a yearly festival. It was a yearly feast where the people of God rejoiced over the power of God to bring them out 
of slavery. Then what you had is you actually had seven of these festivals and feasts. There was another festival that was 50 days after the Passover. And it was called the Festival of First Fruits. And what this festival was about is it was actually the beginning of the harvest. So in other words, these Israelites would take the first fruits of their harvest, uh, like a grain of or a sheaf of wheat, and they would take it and they would wave it before the Lord and they would say, thank you, because we know you're the God who blesses us with crops and blesses us with abundance. And so we want to bring our first fruits of the natural harvest to you and to say thank you. So in each and every way, these seven festivals, these seven feasts were all in some way to, to remind the people of how God had worked on their behalf and to worship Him accordingly. So, when you go to this festival or this first fruits what it is is it's simply a greek term the greek term for first fruits is pentecost and these greek jewish people begin to refer to this festival of first fruits as Pentecost. So I want you to know this, that Pentecost simply means 50. It, that, that's it. That's what it means. It means 50 days after Passover, we celebrate first fruits. That's what it means. So why is Passover to Pentecost so meaningful for New Testament believers? Because you have to understand this about God. God loves types and shadows. He likes relating one thing to something else. In other words, if you have any Bible knowledge, you know that he likens himself to the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. He also likens himself as the lion of the tribe of Judah. And so when we go to Passover, what Passover meant was is that every Israelite had to take a lamb. They had to slay that lamb and then take the blood and it was literally applied to their doorpost. If their blood was applied to their doorpost, then the angel, the death angel, would pass over them. That's where you get the word Passover. They would pass, the angel would pass over and everyone in that house would be saved. So then Jesus comes along and literally on the week of Passover, 
He is crucified. Meaning that now He is the Lamb that is slain. The spotless Lamb. And this was for more than to just deliver us from physical bondage. This was to deliver us from spiritual bondage. This was to set us free from the bondage of sin. And so what happens, how this is connected, and I want you to understand this, Passover is a type of the blood applied to our life. Jesus comes during the week of Passover and he goes to the cross so that we can have eternal redemption. And then just as 50 days later, they rejoice over their harvest. Now, 50 days later is Pentecost. And this is now a spiritual first fruits. This is God for the first time pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. See, I want you ladies to understand something. Now, we don't feel this way today, but back in Jesus's day, ladies, unfortunately, were second class citizens. If you look throughout scripture, there's very few times where it says the Holy Spirit came upon a lady. There's once in the New Testament where it talks about the Holy Spirit came upon Elizabeth. There may be several other instances, but in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit mainly came upon a man. For instance, the Holy Spirit came upon David and he killed the lion and the bear. The Holy Spirit came upon Samson and it strengthened him and he carried off the gates of Gaza. The Holy Spirit came upon Saul and he prophesied. But in that day, the Holy Spirit only came up on a person. But when Pentecost happened, it didn't just happen just for the Jews. There were 120 men and women in the upper room. And what the Lord did was is he literally destroyed all the barriers of ethnicity, of sex, of race. No matter where you came from, no matter if you were a male or a female, the first fruits were, I am going to pour out my spirit upon these 120 And this is going to be a celebration of something that has never happened before. Because in the Old Testament, the Spirit just came up on you. But in the New Testament, my Spirit is going to be in you. Hallelujah. Does this make sense now? So Pentecost happened 50 days after the Passover. And... The day of Pentecost happened in the book of Acts chapter 2 when the 120 went up into an upper room and the scripture says that there, there, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them clothed in tongues like as of fire and they all began to speak In a foreign language. Now here are three things that you must understand. Fire is very powerful. Wind is very powerful. And language is very powerful. 
So when you maybe are clearing off your property and you push up a bunch, a pile of wood and you don't need it, what do you do? You set it afire. Why? Because you want it to be purged. Jesus, Jesus came that we would be more than just baptized in water. In fact, John said, there is one that is coming after me that is mightier than I. He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Why do you want the fire of the Holy Ghost? Because only the fire can purge our sin. Only the fire can cleanse us. Only the blood can cover us. God does not want you to be lame. He wants you to be set on fire. He wants the spirit of the living God to be his light and to be his love in your life. Does that make sense? And then we just see the evidence. We don't see the wind, but we know the wind is powerful and we see the evidence of the wind. The wind, the fire, and tongues. Three very powerful things. The Bible says that death and life is in the power of the tongue. Brothers and sisters, James talks about the tongue is the most unruly member of our body. And we can tame a lion. We can tame a bear. We can even tame an elephant. But without the Spirit, we cannot tame our tongue. If you get honest with yourself this morning, you will have to admit that your mouth has caused you more problems than almost anything else. Now, if you don't admit that, you're lying to yourself. And what the Lord is saying, I'm going to come down and I'm going to tame what you cannot tame. And it is called my spirit coming inside of you. Is this making sense? Let me ask all of you something. Have you ever poured something into a container and heard a gurgling sound? You haven't? Okay, so here's what I'm talking about. You pour water into a pitcher, and as you pour it, it goes gloop, 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 gloop. Now do you know what I'm talking about? Gloop, 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 gloop. And then it overflows. Okay, everybody hang on to your seatbelt, because you're not going to typically hear this from a Pentecostal preacher. Hold on, hold your breath. You ready? Nowhere in this scripture does it say tongue saves you. Does not. I know it's going to make you nervous, but if you can find it in there, then I'll, I'll look at it. Does not say that tongues saves you. This is why as your pastor, I don't have you seek for tongues. It's not tongues that we are seeking for. It is to be filled with the spirit. Look, 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 look. So that when you are filled with the Spirit, tongues is only an evidence that you are filled. Tongues is not itself salvation. Without the Spirit, not without tongues, without the Spirit of God, you are none of His. That is what we seek is not tongues. We seek the Spirit of the living God. To do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. To tame this most unruly member in our body that we cannot tame without the Spirit. I lost half of you, didn't I? 
Are y'all okay? Do I believe in the evidence of speaking with tongues? Sure. But what Pentecostals have made it is a diploma. It is not a diploma. It is a birth certificate. When you get born again, you just got born again. You didn't cross the finish line. Now that you are justified by faith, now you're on a journey called sanctification. And this journey of sanctification, God will be perfecting you until the day you die. See, this was all prophesied in the Old Testament, though. It, it was leading up to it. All, through, all sprinkled throughout the Old Testament. You can see one scripture after another. Isaiah prophesies. I think maybe they can put it on the screen. 28 and 11. He says this. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. Then he goes on to say, this is the rest that will cause the weary to rest. What is that talking about? Seven weeks, seven weeks was after Passover and one day. Seven times seven is 49 plus one day is 50. On that 50th day was first fruits. Now, again, remember I told you that God likes types and shadows, right? 50 is an important number. Why? Because every 50th year was called the year of Jubilee. And in the year of Jubilee, all the Israelite people, if they had sold themselves into slavery, they were automatically free. If they had uh, put some of their land and used it for, for purposes where they had to receive money, but uh, it, they were in debt, then all of their property came back to them. If they were in physical debt to an individual, that debt was totally wiped away. It was the year of Jubilee. Now, what this is a type and shadow of is this is not God setting you free financially, but it goes back to God setting you free spiritually. He doesn't want you in bondage to Satan. He doesn't want you in bondage to yourself. He doesn't want you in bondage to no man. But He wants you to have a rest. A rest from what? A rest from trying to earn it. A rest from trying to be good enough. A rest from taking the bull to the altar every time you sinned. He wanted you to have a rest that would cause your internal being to rest. Now I don't have to come and bring a bull. I don't have to come and do a lot of stuff to be good enough. All I got to do is present myself to the Lord and say, God, I've messed up. Mm. I'm getting happier than what I thought I would. This is the rest. Because now I don't have to try to come and teach enough Bible studies. Run enough bus routes. Do this and do that to try to earn my salvation. I am at rest based off of what? Not what I do, but what He has done. This is that rest because you can't be at rest if you're in control of yourself. And the reason why every one of us in this room need the baptism of the Holy Spirit is because the Holy Spirit is the only thing strong enough to break the power of self. 
Does that make sense? Now look at Joel chapter 2 and verse 17. Here's another prophecy concerning the day of Pentecost. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith the Lord, that I will pour out my spirit, notice, on all flesh. This was a big deal because back in the day, remember, Jesus only came to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. God was not cold. God was calculated. But he knew the day was coming when his spirit was going to be poured out on all flesh. Can I, can I deviate just a minute? From Genesis to Malachi, we get God's creation and God's manifestation. We see the work of God from Genesis to Malachi. And all throughout Genesis to Malachi, God is speaking to us. I love you so much that I'm going to send you a gift. And this gift is going to be my son. Then Jesus comes on the scene because God fulfills his promise and sends us Jesus. And we see the miracles and the power of Jesus from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then Jesus starts telling us, I love you so much that I'm going to send you a gift. So God made good on his promise to send us Jesus. And then Jesus looked and said, it is expedient that I go away. Because if I go away, then I am going to send you the comforter. What are you saying, pastor? Here's what I'm saying is that Jesus, even though he was God manifested in the flesh, was still limited to his flesh. He could only be at one place at one time, even though he was God. So what he wanted was he wanted a bunch of Jesus juniors on the earth to carry on his ministry and he says, just as God has sent me, I'm going up to the Father and I'm going to send you something. It's called the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's going to comfort you. It's going to lead you. It's going to guide you. See, this is why God wants you on a journey. Because if you're not going nowhere, you don't need nothing. But since you're going somewhere and you're headed somewhere, you need a guide. And he said, the Holy Spirit will lead you do I go over here no don't do that do I make this call yeah call them do I walk over no don't walk over there huh are you with me it will lead you and it will guide you see this is this is why in the scripture it asks the question have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed. Now y'all stay with me. I'm fixing to drop something on you. Yes, I do believe that Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his disciples were saved before the Holy Spirit was poured out. But if they didn't need it, why did God tell them to go up in an upper room to receive it? Why? Because Jesus knew that without this power of the Holy Spirit, we cannot carry on the works of Christ in the earth. 
If we don't have a spirit that is greater than self, we will live for self and we will die for self. But when we are baptized with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what it does is it breaks the power over sin. It breaks the power over self. It breaks the power over Satan. And it breaks the power over sickness. God wants you and I to be free. And the way that we are free is when we partake of Pentecost and Pentecostal fire comes in us and it purges us of our sin and it gives us a power that is greater than ourselves. and Satan is under our feet and sicknesses are healed by the power of Jesus' name. Somebody stand to your feet and give God some praise in this house. There's all, there's, just remain standing. I, I need to stop. Why does, why does God talk about the Spirit as the comforter? I know you're standing, but please tune in. Here's why God calls it the comforter. Because you're going to find something to comfort you. Yes. Y'all don't get mad at me. Please, I'm not here to cross swords with you. But some of us comfort ourselves with food. Some of us comfort ourselves with XEX. Some of us comfort ourselves with substances. Some of us comfort ourselves with the bottle. And God says, you know what? I come to be your comfort so you wouldn't be in bondage to any of that. I come to set you free. I think I read the verse that said, he that the son has set free is free indeed. Can I just tell you, please stay with me. A cow has a moo. A dog has a bark. A cat has a meow. Almost every animal has some kind of sound. What is that for? It's life. It is to communicate. In a natural birth, there are three things. Number one, a lady's water breaks. Number two, there's blood. And number three, the doctor takes that little fellow, that little lady, pats them on their behind, and you hear a sound. And mama's happy. Why? Because we got life. In a spiritual birth, there is blood, a type of our forgiveness of sins. There is water to remit or to wash away our sins. And then there is God handing us a gift. It's called the gift of His Spirit. And when we get full, there's a sound. And it's the evidence of speaking with tongues. Why would God do that? Because here's what He does. He takes the foolish things to confound the wise. Because He wants you to know that if He can tame this, He can help tame this. 
He can help tame this. And every part of you now will be led by the Spirit instead of being led by your flesh. See, there is coming a day that tongues will cease. When we get into the presence of God, there will no longer need to be a, a tongue. Why? Because now we're in the total presence of God. I just want to explain to somebody, you don't have to agree with me. Just please hear me. The reason why that you don't hear me get in this mic and speak in tongues is because Paul said this, I'd rather hear five words that I can understand than 10,000 that I can't. Because when I speak with tongues, that's really not for you. It's not. There is a gift of tongues that can happen in a service and then an interpretation and that is God speaking through that individual. But when I get in my closet, I do speak with tongues. Why? Because here's what the scripture says. Building up your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. So why I'm at home and I'm walking outside. Or I'm walking in my house. I will begin to speak in a heavenly language because I don't know what phone call I'm going to get. I don't know what life is going to hand me. I don't know the disappointments, the unmet expectations, the sadness, the phone calls. And I know that I'm going to need strength and wisdom for that day. And so I pray in the Spirit so that I can be built up. So that when I face that, God gives me the wisdom what to say. God directs me when I need to speak and when I need to be silent. When I need to step in and when I need to step out. Because I know within myself I'm not enough. But with God with me, we're more than enough. And that's why, brothers and sisters, I don't ever want tongues to be scary because it's not scary. In closing, let me ask you this gift. Let me ask you this question, rather. If I had a $1,000 Visa gift card for every one of you, would you take it? Probably. Why? You can use a thousand dollars, surely. It's a gift. It empowers you. What is this gift of the Spirit? Notice it's a gift. What does this gift of the Spirit do? It empowers you. Why? Because God knows you can't do it by yourself. So why would you think it's so strange if a dog has a bark and a cow has a moo and a cat has a meow? Why would you think it's so strange that God has His own language? Because here's what I believe. I believe that when I am in my closet speaking in that heavenly language, I bypass principalities and powers and demons and anything that is in the air. And I speak directly to my heavenly Father. You say, how does he understand it? Well, he understands Chinese, Vietnamese, Japanese. He understands. How many languages do you think that are out there? Probably at least 158 different languages that are in the world. And yet he understands every one of them. Yes, surely he can understand the gift of tongues that he gave you. When you're speaking above principalities and powers. Has this all made sense? This is why I want you. To be empowered through the gift of the Holy Spirit.
You say, okay, pastor, you know what? That wasn't so bad. I'm with you. What do I need to do? I don't have it. I want it. What do I need to do? It's very simple. Pentecostals have made this spooky. It's not spooky. We've shook you and told you to hang on and somebody else told you to let go. It's goofy. People mean well, but sometimes they're goofy. I don't see all that in the New Testament. I don't see where Jesus shook anybody. I see where He spoke the Word. I don't see where Jesus wrestled with the devil. Show me that. I don't see that, y'all. He cast it out. How did He do it? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because He had dominion over devils. I know this freaks people out when we talk about it. But listen, we've got dominion, brothers and sisters. We've got authority. We need to take the Spirit that what we have in us. Y'all just thought you were getting out early because I said I'm closing. Hi, I tricked you. I've been standing for 40 minutes. You can stand for 10. So how do I get this Holy Spirit, Pastor? Well, first of all, you don't seek tongues. You seek Him. That's the first thing. And then second of all, we just had to come to Him and say, Father, forgive me for the sins of my mind, sins of my mouth. And sins of my body. I want to be clean. Because here's what I know about God. God doesn't step into a dirty vessel. And when we repent, it cleanses us. How do I know I'm clean? If I say it with an honest heart, then I just have to receive it by faith. And then after I repent, I just say, God, I want to be full of your spirit. And then I just start worshiping him. And then as I get full. Here we go. What is that? It's an evidence to you. It's an evidence to you. That I have Jesus living on the inside. Working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Father, I just thank you for the seed of your word. Would you take it today? And would you let it lodge? In the fertile soil of your precious people. If anyone is here today and does not have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Lord, I tried with grace and love to come alongside and just explain what, what Pentecost is. What, why, why we even have the Holy Spirit. What, what is its purpose? It is to empower us to live the life that we cannot live on our own. It is to empower us to walk after your example so that we can look like you, walk like you, talk like you, act like you, be your disciples in the earth. And I pray, Father, that you would take this word and use it for your glory in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody say amen. amen. All right, look here. It's only 1113. Is there anybody in here? That you say, I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want it. I don't think I have it, but I want it. Anybody? You raise your hand. Well, it's going to be hard to get honest. Ronnie, thank you, sir. It's hard to get honest. Anybody? Okay. Anybody else? I'm not going to pull you on the platform. I'm not going to pull you up. I'm not going to put you on blast. Here's what I want to tell you. You don't have to come to the front 
to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can get it in your house. You can get it in a prayer room. Wherever you get honest with God and say, God, I know I need more than self. I need your spirit. He will listen to you. Yes, he will. I want them to sing this course. And would you just do me a favor? If, if, if you're a guest, you don't have to participate because I'm not here to make you uncomfortable. But if you're a believer, I want you to just put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder. And I want you to pray that God would just empower them this week to walk in the spirit. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, while you walked upon the earth was not spooky. It wasn't mystical. It wasn't scary. You just simply walked in the Spirit. Come on, that's what He wants. He wants us to walk in the Spirit this week. God to put you at the right place at the right time for him to lead you and guide you for him to direct you this week come on if the Holy Spirit was good enough for Peter James and John the Mary, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and the 120. Then it is for us today. Would you sing this with us? I love you, Lord. want to step out from where you are and come to this front and just lift up your hands come on if you're a believer father I want to be full of the spirit God I want to be full of the spirit so that I don't fulfill the lust of my flesh
bless you. Thank you for being here today again to all of our guests. We were honored to have you. Thank you. May you have a blessed week. May the Lord put you at the right place at the right time. May you be filled with the Spirit so that when you encounter the lost, the hurting, the lonely, the Spirit in you can minister to those in need.